welcome to a questionable episode of We Only Look Thin. I am Catherine Weigel. I have lost 145 pounds. And with me today is... Donald Weigel. And I have lost about 100 pounds. And together we are We Only Look Thin. Yeah, and after listening to this episode, you will too. (laughs) Look thin. Or... And you can too. Yeah, we're trying to come up. I know that sounds sort of like uh, like a used car commercial. Like, and your your neighbor shop here too. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I like it. Anyway, we I know we've been doing the inspiration nation nation thing for a long time. We're we're workshopping a, a few new things, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> this is news to me. No, we're we talking? I have I have workshopped nothing. <laughs> you have workshopped nothing. Well, that's fine. Uh, but uh, but yeah, we're here and we're going to uh, talk about the the final part of our Ask Me Anything on Reddit, or Ask We Anything, because we're charming and fun, and we yeah. make all words fun. Yeah, and fun. it's like, like we only look thin, so it's Ask We Anything. See? Yeah, <laughs> see what we did there? Yeah. yeah it's good, uh, good stuff. So we have a couple of more questions that we are going to answer, and I think that's going to finish it up. But um, I asked Donald uh, before the meeting today, and this is a meeting. This th- yeah, b- before the meeting. Before <laughs> if, the meeting, also known as a podcast. <laughs> if I could introduce uh, a, a new topic, yeah. I wanted to present something uh, to the board. <laughs> yeah, and I said, sure. I said, I have new business. Be- because I'm not the boss of anything. Cle- <laughs> clearly, everyone who knows us knows who runs this operation. As though we have sort of a, an agenda that we stick to, meeting minutes. Yeah. That kind of thing. I actually took terrible notes on this episode. I'm usually really good about doing a lot of notes, but... uh, Um, uh, Excuse me. I've checked the uh, We Only Look Thin charter, and (laughs) uh, you can't introduce new business until the third half of the show. Oh, no. We're going to start it out. We're going to start it out. I like It's like a cliffhanger that you didn't even know was happening. Oh, yeah. Um, I've been keeping some information from Donald. What? I this been, is outrageous. I have been keeping some information from Donald since January 1st. What? I like to keep things fresh. I like to withhold information from Donald. We share so much that sometimes I just want to keep things from him so that we have things to talk about. Well, as we said, he actually has no idea what I'm going to say. As we said an episode or two ago, like one of the foundations of a healthy <laughs> marriage is secrecy and deception. And, so, and distrust. Yeah. No, but like... Okay, so here we go. Sometimes when you embark on something new, you don't want to tell other people you're doing it when you start, just because you don't know if it's actually going to work. Like, there are oversharers right. who are like, guess what I'm doing? I'm whatever. No, it's true. Like, I, I've, you know, unfortunately, I've seen friends on Facebook over the years post, like, this is it. I'm posting here because this is the time. I am going to lose that weight. I'm going to get to the goal weight. And... I'm just announcing to all of you right now that this is it. And then like a month or two goes by. And, right. Yeah. But it's hard because you don't want to uh, dissuade anyone from doing something new. But there are sometimes in this weight loss process, Donald, uh, I know this is a lot of preamble, but that's what you get. Um, we've been doing calorie counting for a really long time. Yes. Uh, I've been doing calorie counting for a long time. We talk about other weight plans or other things, but we don't. You know, we don't know them from experience, just kind of hypothetically. So I'm going to tell you something new and different. And here it comes. All right. In January, I did a diet bet. No, you didn't. I did. (laughs) (laughs) I did. What the heck? Okay, so here's the thing. I have been very anti-diet bet. I am too. And here's why. Okay. So 
I I got, you know, the new year, new you, whatever, diet bet. Right. I have heard about them for many years. Yeah. And was against them. Right. And one came up that was like, hey, diet bed, join it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, it's $25. Did they use a, a DJ air horn? No, they did not. That There's was no you, sound. You've, you've added the I've DJ added air it. horn for dramatic They're effect. They're like, oh, okay. new year, new you. And I was like, okay, twenty. I've spent $25 on dumber things. I didn't take it out of the We Only Look Thin uh, have you treasury. Have $25 <laughs> on dumber things? Now? I have. Okay. I have. Anyway. I wanted to do it as an experiment because I keep saying that I don't like diet bets and I still don't really like diet bets. Yeah, <laughs> Here yeah, is yeah. the thing. But I, I talk about not liking something. I decided it was $25. It was a low impact, low risk thing. Yeah. It started January 3rd and went through February 2nd. Ah, okay. $25. So it, maybe if it had been like $1,000, it would have changed my life. <laughs> maybe you wouldn't have what done it What if I told you it was $1,000? <laughs> I'm going to tell you it was 25 Yeah. But here's the thing. It was, you know, there there was a leader of it. It was actually a Fitbit-based one, which I was like, oh, I like Fitbit. Yeah. So that, that's a word I know. I like um, Fitbit as well. And the leader was very practical about like think about your smart goals yeah sustainable blah 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 so i was like okay i'll do it (laughs) (laughs) sustainable blah 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 anyway but here's the thing i have been in this rodeo for five years now right i have clearly it's a rodeo i have habits in place already yeah it at first at least lit a little fire under me to like, okay, there's money on the line here. Yeah. But the goal was to lose 4% of your weight in the month. Whoa. Which for me was like seven pounds. I have never in yeah, that five like years lot. lost seven pounds. That seems in like a, a lot. It seems like a lot. But I just wanted to go through the process. I wanted to see what right. everything was. Get behind the scenes. And I ended up losing like four pounds yeah which it's like a pound a week so you owe me 25 so i owe you 25 that's how this works yeah okay but i just wanted to see how like what their interaction was like there wasn't super great interaction in the group the the host did post like a lot of like hey remember to focus on your goals or whatever but if you don't actually have a plan in place yeah. if you're putting money on the line and you're just like all right i'm just gonna start myself to lose the seven pounds so i don't lose the 25 dollars like that's not a sustainable measure so i was doing i did i had a great january like in in actual real life but it was clear by the third week when I had another four pounds to lose, that I was not going to hit my goal. Yeah. And I think goals based on weight are really dangerous, which yeah. is something we've already talked about in the world. So there's part of me that in that last week was like, well, why should I even bother? Because I'm not going to hit the goal anyway. And I think that that's where that cycle of sabotage comes in when you have a weight goal that you want to achieve by the end of the month for an event, for a wedding, for whatever, that like once I knew I wasn't going to hit it, part of me, even after all this time, was like, well, I'm not going to do it. So whatever. So I might as well eat a whole cheesecake. Yeah. Yeah. But I followed my habits, and in the end, I am very proud of the habits that I had in place for the month. I did yoga, I flossed, I hit my 17,000 steps, I tracked my calories. All of that is measurable and attainable, but that weight loss goal was not. And interestingly enough, the woman who hosted the diet bet, she also didn't hit her goal. Ah. And she did post about, like, I could either be angry about it or I could focus on all of the sustainable habits that I put in place. So 
I liked that. The interaction wasn't all that great. There wasn't a lot of interactive dialogue with people. Um, I'm not going to do it again. Yeah. I can see people wanting to put money on the line as a way to inspire them to lose weight in buying a gym membership, joining a plan, paying a price. You think that if you're going to spend the money, it will incentivize you to get the job done. But for me, I've already been losing weight for five years. Well, for 40 45 years. years. No, you've you've already said you've been in this rodeo for five years. Um, (laughs) I like to think of you as my brodeo clown. Aw, thanks. Yeah. But I still see people spend money on gadgets and plans and apps without really a plan in place. Like, this was a fine supplement. It was interesting. I had a very good January. I'm proud of my results. I lost your $25. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah, my $25. But, like, in the end, if I didn't have my habits already in place, that diet bet would not have been the magic you know, panacea to all of my weight loss problems. Um, I didn't want to say anything because I wanted your live reaction on air. Oh, you've got my live reaction. <laughs> You're going to get another live reaction off air. <laughs> I think that I think that what we've all learned from your experience, however, though, is that now I get to spend twenty five dollars on Funko Pops <laughs> on whatever you want. It's quid pro quo. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. but. Anyway, so I did it just to sort of see what it was like. I know that there are other bets like step bets and crunch bets and whatever. Being in being part of a community is something that I obviously like to do. Well, plays WLT place. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, there's a community? We have a community of brochachos. <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, but being part of a community matters to me. That $25 thing is not really what is going to incentivize me to lose seven pounds in a month, which again, I've never done that in the entire time I've been losing weight. Yeah. Like I, I don't know what you weigh, but losing 4% of your body weight seems in a month seems crazy town. Well, and they have longer term 10% in six months and that kind of thing. But anyway, that, that whole getting to a number by a date is not something I can get behind. Following the habits is something that I, I care about. So anyway, I derailed our episode. Uh, oh, yeah. We have many other things to talk about, but mostly I just wanted, I kind of hoped that you would be drinking something so that you could do a spit take yeah. while I was telling you yeah, about Yeah, I'm sorry that I bet. ruined that. Catherine actively tries to make me spit out things yeah. that I'm drinking all the time by making me laugh. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> like half the time I just choke and she <laughs>, laughs and laughs. Yeah, it's hilarious. So, so yeah, diet bet, that's a thing. Uh, not going to do it again. Lost $25, you get to buy Funko Pops. End of uh, this part of the meeting. <laughs> and scene. And scene. All right, next scene. Uh, we did a, uh, boy, it's coming up on, uh, I don't know, it's almost a month ago now. Uh, we did another AMA, Ask Me Anything, on the R uh, Lose It subgroup. And uh, we were grateful to be asked back. Uh, we got asked lots of great questions. And... It we've the last couple of episodes we've done a deeper dive into them because you know typing um, can only produce so much um, uh, unless you're an author who writes lots of books I guess but 
Um, we are better at talking on microphones, uh, <laughs> only marginally better. <laughs> our faces are better for podcasts and our yeah. fingers are better for podcasts. Exactly. But uh, we're going to do a little deeper dive into uh, this will be the last part of this. Uh, and then we will move on to more new business and find out <laughs> next week what other I, I secrets have, and mysteries Catherine I'm is hiding from me. I'm not conniving on anything else. That was my yeah. big, uh, my big secret. So. Um, so, uh, the first question that we're going to tackle is from, uh, Fatella789 or Fatella789. I'm not sure what Fatella, uh, prefers. Um, and hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, Fatella says, I love your podcast yes. so, so much. That is wonderful. Uh, so many tips, such sage advice, but the humor is the real reason I always tune in. <laughs> right? Me too. <laughs> I absolutely love the jokes and the wit. Please I didn't know keep... you were going to go like the full distance on no, this. No, I know. Ab- Brag. Uh, please keep on doing what you're doing. And really, she doesn't even ask a question. I just wanted to read uh, that part of it. Uh, no, she says, my question, I'm assuming she, I don't know. She Sorry. is a she. Okay. I actually know who she is, so I'll say she. My question is, do you think you'll ever stop thinking you only look thin and actually identify as thin people? I definitely identify as an overweight person no matter what weight I am. It's weird. And I have to say, I don't think I will ever identify as a real thin person. Uh, Maybe I will, uh, but I still think of myself almost as a fraud, like somebody, somebody wearing a thin person's costume in a lot of ways. Um, and, uh, when it comes to it, I identify much more with, uh, with overweight people than within people. Yeah. I think for me, I, you know, the, the last five years, 45, 46, whatever you want to say, the last five years have definitely been an evolution in the way I think about the kind of person I am. Yeah. I don't think of myself as a thin person, but the me of three years ago who hit my goal weight is not who I am today. I think part of the big evolution of it is that when I first started out, I was tracking calories, I was getting in steps. I remember there was one point where I was trying to hit my step goal when I first started out, and I was pacing around our parking lot at 11.55 p.m. just to hit it, and I was wearing flip-flops, and I ended up twisting my ankle, and I couldn't walk for three weeks after that. Good times. Yeah, I know. Those are great times. But I was... You know, I was really militant about hitting that target. And I feel like the kind of person I am now is I really strive to hit my step goal. If I don't hit it, it's okay. I'm, yeah. I consider myself an active person. For me, sitting on the couch doing an AMA for three hours, it actually hurts to sit that long now. It's rough. You know, I, I kept taking breaks in between to get on the rebounder. And five years ago, you know, sitting still for five hours wasn't difficult. It was just what I did all the time. And the idea, I was exhausted and getting up was hard. Now sitting is kind of exhausting. I know that sounds really strange, but for me, sitting is hard now. The person that I was five years ago was trying really hard to eat healthy foods and occasionally have an indulgence, but it felt like a change in the kind of person I was. I was going from getting takeout five days a week, six days a week. Now we maybe get it once a month and it feels like an indulgence. Yeah. Like, like before I was like, we can't get takeout. We can't get takeout. We can't get takeout. And now it's like, 
oh, hey, let's plan to get takeout because it's the Super Bowl. Today is the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is an American football tradition. Faitella. <laughs> um, yes, please explain what the Super Bowl is to our uh, listening audience. Faitella might actually be in the UK. So oh. Just letting you know that little island outside of France. Yeah. Um, they don't have uh, NFL there. No. Uh, but now it seems normal to only occasionally get takeout. Now it seems normal to track my food and it's just part of who I am. It's not it's not something that it's not a practice that I have to force myself to do. It seems weird to not do it now. And I think my recovery time when we do have indulgences, say we go off for a weekend or we're away on vacation or something like that, all of this all of the podcasting and all, all of this training that we have been doing, it's just so ingrained in me now that yeah. it seems weird to diverge. A day where I don't track is a really strange, indulgent kind of mystery day, whereas before, the idea of tracking just seemed impossible and hard. So none of that has to do with really the number on the scale. It has to do more with just my mindset. I consider myself to be an active person now. I don't try to get in my steps it's just part of who I am. It's not like, yeah. well, I better get walking. Like, I better go to the gym for 20 minutes. Now I'm just like, I got to get up. I got to get out. Let's go for a walk. Let's rebound. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's just sort of that psychological, I still get pleasantly surprised when I see pictures of myself now or, you know, see myself in the mirror. And I know I see myself in the mirror pretty much every day, but but I'm I'm happy with what I see. But my mental image of myself is yeah. still of that overweight person. But I now have all of the habits in place of a thin person. So it's a weird dynamic. Well, and it definitely – and look, w with losing 145, 150 pounds, like – I have loose skin. I have stretch marks. I know I sound like a monster, but like, <laughs> but you know, I still have the scars. You're my of, beautiful monster. Thank though. you. Yeah. But I still have the memories of the older weight. And I look in the mirror sometimes and I'm surprised at what I see, but it's still, I still don't, you know, look and be like, there's a thin person. I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah, you know, I, I, my. I don't know if actual thin people look at themselves and go, there's a thin person. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have talked about interviewing a thin person to see like behind oh, the curtain. Oh, yeah. We still I haven't done that because yeah, I don't know do what that. they think about all day. Yeah. All I think about is food. <laughs> but I think, you know, back in, in the days of yore, uh, five years ago, my Weight was kind of the only thing I thought about, and I feel like being at the weight I am now and having the habits in place, I, I'm not like white knuckling like I was five years ago. So I think that my – I feel like this is just part of who I am now. Yeah. That being said – we still are very aware that we could go back to those old habits very quickly. Yeah, I spent a lot more time uh, doing things the other way than I have this. You know, I've it's basically been five years of sticking to good habits now, as opposed to the you know forty six years before that where I was not sticking to good habits. So those those habits run deep and yeah. are still there and could come back out if I let my guard down. Yeah. So I don't think of myself as a thin person, which is probably why our podcast is called what it is. But I do think that I I consider myself an active person. I con consider myself someone with a growth mindset. 
I'm a problem solver. I'm not a victim of my life and circumstance. I'm someone who tries to work on my boundaries. And that's not who I was five years ago. Five years ago, I was a victim. And now I'm in a position where I really see the positive in the future and my ability to have effect on my future instead of being a victim of finances, jobs, kids, whatever. I don't see myself as limited. I see myself with a lot of potential. And that is different than what I was five years ago, 10 years ago. Yes, indeed. All right. Um, so I think uh, we will move on to our uh, our next question from the AMA. And um, this comes from uh, Tomato Waits, <laughs> which is a, uh, a really nice uh, Tom Waits pun. Um, and I happen to know that Tomato Waits is female, so uh, I can uh, I can say she. Uh, she says, "You guys are great. I just started listening to your podcast. Congratulations! Yes, we are great. Good for you. I'm really jealous of people who haven't been listening to our podcast because they still have so much of it to listen to. You know what I mean? I do. How do you deal with feeling hungry throughout the day when you were in a deficit?" And when you know you're getting enough calories and not literally starving, but still feeling the pangs, (laughs) and she says, asking for myself, there's like four dots in between. Um, So I think this is a really good question. And the bottom line is, you know, how do you fight against hunger? And I think that I have been dealing with this question for my whole life, really. But um, for the last five years, I have been experimenting and changing and figuring out what works for me because... Um, I am somebody who is basically hungry from the time I get up until the time I go to sleep. And whether that is learned behavior or whether it's, you know, I was born with it, I will probably never know. But I, I've always felt like, and maybe it's, I'm, it's not true. I've always felt like I'm hungrier than most people all the time. I've also felt like I have a larger capacity for food than a lot of people do. Uh, I don't get full as fast. So it has really been um, a uh, a I've had to do science experiments kind of on myself of uh, figuring out what works and what doesn't. And one thing that I've learned for me is that I am less hungry in the morning when I wake up. So I know a lot of people this to a lot of people this is horrifying, but I don't eat until the afternoon most days. And it's not intermittent fasting, even though that's one of the things of that, but I find that I am much easier, it's much easier for me to save calories for the later part of the day when I'm really, really hungry. And also when I feel like my willpower gets lower and lower. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, studies show that morning willpower is much stronger than evening willpower. So Donald shifts his attention to satisfying uh, his food urges in the afternoon and evening. Uh, And in the morning, he's busy, he's doing stuff, he's drinking coffee. And so he's fine with that. Yeah. So for me, part of the last five years has just been paying much closer attention to the foods that are satisfying for me. Because I find that uh, with my tendency to avoid stress and being a stress eater, emotional eater, that I particularly get really hungry when I'm stressed out. And you know what? I don't want to deal with with that report for work, why don't I make myself a healthful omelet first and maybe have some chips on the side? And a what sandwich? a shocking surprise. Oh, I no. have something to do for work, but I'm too hungry to do oh, it. Oh, no. But yeah. I think that that is why intuitive eating has been something that I 
I haven't really explored because I don't trust my hunger a lot of the time because so much of it is avoidance and stress. Yeah. And being like, it's almost like a procrastination tool rather than, you know, me actually being hungry. So I don't do what Donald does. He eats in the afternoon. I do try to stop and say food is not the answer until 11 in the morning. Yeah. Like, and I don't do that strictly. Like, if I'm actually hungry, I'll have an apple or some eggs or something like that. But if I'm magically hungry and I want something indulgent, that probably means that it's not actual hunger. So I try to tell myself, okay, you're hungry right now. Why don't you wait 30 minutes, get the report done, and then you can eat something. And it is definitely a practice that I've had to, you know, work on because I just don't trust myself because I get that like yeah. whiny crybaby, like, but I'm so hungry and I can't focus on And I find a lot of that is just avoidance of actual work. But one thing that I really do focus on, and I talked about in the AMA, and this is a really doofy, like, sciencey thing to say, but the duration of mastication leads to satiation. Ah. Um, I feel like that's something that uh, Dr. Von whatever from uh, – Disney would say, Dr. Von Kemp. Oh, yeah, the, the duck. The du- uh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Why well, can't remember his anyway, name? Anyway, that's really annoying. The duration of my... Anyway, yeah, that's yeah, terrible. Yeah. I apologize in advance to everybody. But for me, it is really easy to eat two Oreos really quickly. Like, it can be gone in 20 seconds. Oh, yeah. Like, easy. And then if I'm also working on something or scrolling the internet... I forget that I ate it, and so I want to eat more. And it triggers, because of the sugar and whatever, it triggers more hunger. But the duration, how long it takes me to eat something, actually does matter in the satisfaction of what I'm eating. So having a salad takes a lot longer to eat than having a small, you know, cup of macaroni and cheese or something like that. Having soup that is, you know, hot and takes a long time to sip, takes a long time to eat, and it leads to greater satisfaction. Um, but also that pumping up the volume is something that we've really tried to focus on. Because again, you can have something high calorie and pair it with something low calorie to pump up the volume. Pump up the volume. We're so good at that. Yeah. And we're not talking about, you know, like seven bags of lettuce to complement your your small pile of refried beans or something like yeah, that. Yeah, or we're, two heads of cabbage or something like right. that. Right. But, you know, if I have three eggs in the morning, it's satisfying, it's protein, it's fine. But if I pair that with sautéed cabbage or mushrooms and onions, I can double the volume with only adding like 30 to 40 calories to it. So I can feel really satisfied. If I eat something that's very low volume of food, if it's just something super small like a mini scone or something like that, it's 150 calories, but I'm starving five minutes later. So I really try to watch how food makes me feel. Not that it's forbidden, but if it leads me to overeat later, even if it's lower calorie, if I'm hungry in five minutes, then it's not something I'm going to want to eat in the morning. I'll save it for dessert, like cereal is dessert to me. Donuts are dessert to me. They're not breakfast food. Yeah, and I uh, I think that that also ties into really mindfully eating your treats too. You know, I find sometimes, you know, just what Catherine was saying, sometimes I'll eat a treat and I'll eat it while I'm like, you know, filling the ice trays in the freezer or something. And 
I it's gone and then I like hardly realize that I've eaten it. So I really try and focus on on my treats so that I really enjoy them rather than just like, huh, well, I didn't even get to enjoy that. I need to have another one. Well, and I used to eat bags of chips and then, you know, that feeling when you get, you put your hand back in the bag and you realize that they're all gone. Yeah. And you're like, what? That's not fair. And generally that's because I'm watching TV or scrolling the internet or doing something else. And I, it actually got to the point where I would remove a chip from the bag and put it on a plate, Ah. eat from the bag. And then I knew when my hand got to the empty bottom that I would be able to have one more chip. I'm not sure that that's super healthy. (laughs) Like it's a good trick, but also I've just tried actually probably in the last year to eat while not distracted by other things. Yeah. Because it that ex- the the whole experience of it, the duration matters. If I'm eating and talking on the telephone, I don't remember what I ate, so I want more. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever actually told you this, but I um this part We I don't told do you. surprises. You need to save that for a new <laughs> business on the next episode. This part I've told you. Uh I buy uh you know like a roughly 150 calorie like small individual bags of chips and but when I have one I go out of my way to eat one chip at a time. I've seen you do that. Um to really like extend the experience of it whereas in the past, old me would take handfuls of chips and put as many chips in my mouth as possible at a time. And I feel like the one chip at a time really um, draws out the experience. I eat them slower and I enjoy them more that way. Very interesting. We also talked about that um, b- before we went on the air. We talked about setting yourself up for failure. We have certain triggers that make us think we're hungry. It's sort of a Pavlovian thing. Where I go out of the house and I used to drive past McDonald's every morning and, oh, there's not a line and I can just eat it on the way to work and it's fine. And even when I stopped doing that, I would get that, you know, I would start salivating and be like, oh, I should just get one. Yeah. We used to tank up before we would go places. Oh, my goodness. I I was raised basically with the philosophy of, you know, Eat as much as you can when the food is available because if you're on a car trip or something like and you might not have food for a couple of hours, it you know, you will be in misery. So you better eat it because we're not stopping, you know, that kind of thing. But we used to go on car rides, you know, when people went in cars to places <laughs> yeah. not in their own house where we would bring tons of snacks. It would be like an oh, hour yeah. drive. Yeah. And we'd have trail mix and chips and then we'd stop at starbucks and get a snack and it was just like car trip equals lots of food in the car well i was so afraid of feeling that hungry feeling and allowing myself to just sort of sit with the hunger and i know i'm sort of changing uh topics a little bit but you know i've learned to understand that being hungry is not the end of the world i don't have to give in to my inner toddler all the time every time i feel a little bit hungry right and you know and to you know we have talked to about planning when you're going out for the day keeping non-triggery foods in your glove box or in your trunk where if you're out at Costco or something and magically you're starving. Yeah. Oh no, now I have to go get takeout because I'm so hungry and I had no idea that I'd be hungry. We don't set ourselves up for failure. We are grown-ups and we keep shelf-stable foods on hand in drawers so that if we're at work and suddenly we forgot our lunch, 
we have a backup. Yeah, or the glove compartment of the car. Well, I mean, I don't keep like a frozen meal in there, but <laughs> but you know, keep some, you know, a bag of, you know, low cal-ish nuts, you know, something like pistachios that it takes a really long time yeah. to, to peel and eat, you know, so that you're not just wolfing it down. Um, that kind of thing. But I also, you know, there happens to be a Kentucky fried chicken on the way home from Target. And I don't take that road. Like, I literally don't yeah. go down that road because it, I'm like, oh, there, I didn't know there was a KFC here. You, you both literally and metaphorically don't go down that yeah, road. Yeah, <laughs> no, I don't go down that road. I take a different direction because it would be too easy to convince myself that it would be easier to do that than to cook food. I also, because I deal with depression and a 15-year-old, there are times when I don't want to cook dinner. And instead of just getting that impulsive, you know, oh, let's just get takeout, I keep frozen meals on hand so that I can just throw some frozen French bread pizzas in the oven if I'm not up for it. And I never leave myself with that excuse of, well, I'm too tired to X. Like, I can turn on the oven and I can make French bread pizza and it's fine. I do that at work, too. I keep a 300-calorie frozen meal, like emergency frozen meal that I don't touch um, unless I absolutely, you know, if I... If I expect to be home by dinner time and then suddenly I'm there till 9 p.m., you know, I have something on hand at work that I can go to that's not just, you know, going into the work. Well, in the work kitchens these days don't have lots of snacks laying around like they used to before the pandemic, but it's so that I don't just go into the kitchen and start grazing on all the work treats that are there. Well, and two, you said that you, uh, because you're the the bad boy of weight loss, that you don't actually track <laughs> your... Uh, that's right, the bad boy of weight loss. You don't track your baby carrots and your tomatoes. Like well, you yeah, know. yeah, that's like a, that's a whole nother thing. Like I, uh, I supplement my snacks with things like uh, cherry tomatoes and baby carrots um, that I don't even track. And, you know, it's like I don't have a a tomato, a cherry tomato problem. Like I didn't get a hundred pounds overweight by eating too many cherry tomatoes. And I know those things have calories, but I've, you know, I've lost a hundred pounds and kept it off without tracking those, but they're high volume, tasty things that I like, um, that, you know, are, are easy to eat and they aren't going to, you know, derail me throughout the day. No. And I definitely, I try to pair, like I said earlier, a high calorie, highly satisfying food with a volume uh, pumping side. So a half a cup of actual 100% real ice cream with a cup of sliced strawberries or blueberries, like having eggs with a sauteed vegetable and being able to do that or even having like a cup of chowder, but then adding fresh vegetables to it, like it all adds to that volume and that satiety that if I had just had the one small thing, it wouldn't have made me as satisfied. Yeah. On the AMA, you you suggested oh, um, you. A, uh, a microwaved mac and cheese, uh, putting that over a bed of steamed cauliflower or broccoli. Um, you suggested taking a tablespoon of chocolate chips and sprinkling over a low-cal bag of microwave popcorn. I learned that from your sister, Melissa. My sister, Melissa. Um, and then um, you would take two tablespoons of your favorite high-calorie salad dressing and then add like a half a cup of your favorite salsa, which is basically no calories. You know, the, the salsas that don't have sugar in them, like the without the mango or whatever, are just normal salsa, are generally super low-calorie. Yeah, and I don't – you know, I, I generally – 
track vegetables a little bit, but I'm not weighing out my carrots. I don't track my salsa. And again, like Donald said, I don't have a salsa problem. Yeah, I don't track. Uh, I I try and eat a lot of, uh, you know, steamed cauliflower. Um, and I don't usually track it unless I put something that has calories on it. Like if I add a sauce to it or whatever, then I would typically track it. But the cauliflower itself, like an entire, you know, like pound bag of cauliflower is is hardly any calories at all, really. Yeah. So and going back to the original question, again, I would ask yourself, are you hungry or are you avoiding something? Are you used to eating at a certain time? So you're having that Pavlovian response to just wanting to eat because that's what you do in the morning, which is, again, something I'm still working on. And again, supplementing your higher calorie foods with some volume in there just so that you get that more, you know, that sense of fullness and satiety that, you know, fullness and satiety, which is the same thing, I think, in two different words. And one thing that I do is I try and take the decision-making out of my hunger. I plan throughout my day what I'm going to eat and when I'm going to eat it. So we mentioned much earlier in the show that I typically don't eat until the afternoon. Like my breakfast is is my afternoon meal. And so I eat that meal and then I space out low-calorie snacks every hour basically on the hour, which doesn't always work out with work, but I try and keep it as close as possible so that I've, A, I've, I don't have to decide, like, what am I going to eat next? When am I going to eat it? Um, should I do this now? I've already decided, and I space them out roughly every hour so that I don't ever allow myself to get, like, so desperately starving um, that I move, you know, move on to treats or, you know, eat a whole bunch of uh, foods that I don't want to on my plan. And then another thing is I have found that high-protein foods yeah. um, are are much more satisfying and keep me from getting hungry for a longer period of time. I'm a vegetarian, so your snacks will vary, but I eat a lot of Greek yogurt, a lot of cottage cheese, a lot of vegetarian meats, also, which I know are high-carb, but a lot of fruit, which is super low-calorie, like you know, uh, 200 grams of pineapple is r- around 100 calories, and it's very filling, at least to me. Well, and he's not like eating an entire pineapple or seven bananas in the morning. It's not, you know, a you know high volume with no consequence thing. Yeah, each of these treats I eat, like you know, the Greek yogurt I eat is about 110 calories for for five ounces of it, and. You know, the cottage cheese is like 130 calories for around a five ounce container. And so it's these aren't high calorie snacks, but they're very filling and satisfying. Yeah. And you have a you have a math thing that you want to talk about, don't you? Yeah, it's a super math thing, don't you? Super exciting. It's a it's a formula that I came up with um, so that I it's sort of a benchmark so that I know when a food is low calorie or not. And, you know, I know it can sometimes seem obvious, but. When you look at a ca- at a food and it's a a small portion and the calories are small, sometimes it can appear as if it's a low calorie food. But I have uh, I used the benchmark of one gram per calorie. So if something weighs a hundred grams and it's about a hundred calories, I know that's a pretty low calorie, low filling food. And 
like I mentioned, the pineapple, it's it's almost two to one. So you get almost two grams of pineapple for one calorie. Um, and most fruits are that way. And I use that as a benchmark, like a lot of soups, you know, some soups, you'll see a can or a container or whatever. And it's, it's many, many more calories than that. So I try and stick to the ones that are roughly that. And I know that that food is going to fill me up and keep me satisfied longer. Well, and I don't, uh, I don't know if math is a real thing or not. So I don't really look at that. (laughs) But I, you know, like shrimp is one gram per calorie. So I know if I have 100 grams of shrimp, it's a calorie per gram. And that is a very high volume, high protein food with low calories. The difference for me of having a beef burger and a turkey burger, a turkey burger is much lower calorie than a a beef burger. And it's good enough. Like, sure, I'd love a delicious burger. But if it's 300 calories versus 180, it's fine. I'll just have the lower calorie and then I can have the bun and it's fine. So for me, I, it's just about making those choices. I don't pay as close attention as Donald does to this math thing that he theorizes. <laughs> um, but it does matter in choosing the food. Do I want, you know, I, I think I've posted on our Instagram a couple of times that ah, we only look thin. You know, I could have five chocolate covered raisins for 100 calories or I could have, you know, a quarter of a small watermelon. And it's like, oh, I want all of that food because it's delicious and it takes me a long time to eat it. And I have, you know, just sort of deciding how to budget my calories, how to budget my money. It it really matters because I'm getting a lot more food uh, and the, the experience will last longer. I like food as part of my life, so I want it to last. Yeah. And even within various foods, like I mentioned the, the cottage cheese or the Greek yogurt, you know, I typically am good with the 2%, sort of the middle version of those things. You can go lower calorie if you do the 0% fat version or higher calorie if you do the full fat 4% version. But to me, the the difference in flavor to go to the 2% is is worth uh, you know the the reduction in calories on that, but maybe it isn't for you. Like I wouldn't just eat the zero percent. I personally don't eat the zero percent because it just starts bordering on tasting like sadness. sadness. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas the two percent, I still think tastes really good. And so it it's a some of this is going to be about personal taste. I would rather eat the four percent full fat if it was going to be satisfying and enjoyable to me. And then eat the the 2% if you felt like it was going to leave you feeling sad and unsatisfied, because then that's going to lead later to, uh, for me at least, it would lead to a binge episode later. I'd be like, just needed something delicious later on. Yeah, so sometimes it helps me, uh, in conclusion, so that we... (laughs) (laughs) Is really looking at the quality of your food. That's why I take a lot of pictures of the food that I eat too, so that I can kind of remind myself how far food goes for me. I've actually made lists of ways that I can eat certain things and pump up the volume because I can forget I can get in a rut. So for me, looking at what other people are eating, looking at different ways to prepare foods matters, pumping up the volume. Uh, it, it really matters in keeping me satisfied and not feeling like I'm on a diet. I do see people who eat, you know, like one small fried pork chop yeah. With two green beans. And they're like, well, this is my dinner. And that looks like a diet to me. Yeah. For me, it's like if I can have 
you know, a giant cup and a half of green beans with some salsa on top or some tzatziki or something like that, then I feel like I'm satisfied. I'm not just like, no, you guys eat. I'll just have this one, you know, macaroni while you enjoy food. So uh, it's not about sadness for us. It's about pumping up the volume and keeping us satisfied and staying present in our choices. And that concludes our series on our Reddit AMA. Uh, if you uh, want to read the entire AMA, it is still posted at the R Lose It group on Reddit, and I will link to it in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we really appreciate each and every one of you. If you uh, like this episode, all of our episodes are available to listen to still. You can find them wherever you found this podcast, and you can also always find them on our website, weonlylookthin.com. Yep, and you can find us at Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at weonlylookthin. If you go to our website, weonlylookthin.com, you can also find more information on our support group, Walt Place, W-O-L-T Place. It is a support group for women based on Facebook. And it is not a diet plan. It is a support and accountability group. uh, And we're really proud of it. And uh, it's going like gangbusters. So if you want more information, you can find out about our subscriptions by going to weonlylookthen.com. Click on join our support group and find out what our subscription options are. And if you have questions for us, uh, just like the Ask uh, We Anything questions, you can email us at weonlylookthin at gmail.com, and we will respond. We also uh, have turned some of those into episodes um, when uh, people have written in, and uh, it really... Um, uh, we really enjoy uh, hearing from you and uh, and answering your questions. So uh, we only look thin at gmail.com. If you're feeling generous, you can go over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and a review. We have over 417 star reviews now. Yay! Yeah! Uh, it helps others find us in the ratings. The more ratings we have, uh, the more likelihood we'll come up in search results for health and fitness uh, weight loss podcasts. And leave us a little review. We so appreciate every single one, honestly. I, I don't like that on the Apple Podcasts you can't reply to people's posts. I guess they don't want to be like, oh, yeah! you think we're brilliant. yeah probably <laughs> so maybe it's just safer that way but honestly we appreciate each and every one it uh, does our hearts good to know that we are making a difference in your life and you are making a difference in ours too you sure are so if you're still confused at the difference between a brodeo clown <laughs> and a brochacho <laughs> just remember that Catherine and i are an, an inspiration The information that you hear on this podcast is for informational purposes only. The hosts are not medical professionals. You should always consult with your doctor, nurse, or other certified health professional before beginning any diet or fitness program.